Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Deacon Adam Roberts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Reverend clergy, brothers and sisters in Christ, good morning. If I'm unfamiliar to you, that is okay. This is my third visit. Each time, um, I'm blessed even more than the last time. If I was to give a title to today's homily, it would be, Where Are You? Um, that might sound kind of weird based on the story of, we know where they are, because Mark talks about where they are. But we can find it quite interesting that the first question in the Bible is not from God. If we go through the creation account, and he's explaining the six days of creation, and then we go into a little bit more detail about his creation of, of Adam and Eve and, and, and lords over them, what their duties are, the first question that shows up comes from the devil. And up until that point, it had all been statements. And this is from Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And with this question plants doubt. And with this doubt, we have been plagued ever since. Now in this very moment, is in this doubt is where the first separation began, the fall as they chose to move away and they contemplated what it would mean but God is the great redeemer who heals the sick finds what is lost fixes what is broken and throughout all of creation God made these statements up until the moment of the devil's question and it is amazing how God can redeem anything and so he responds with his own question in Genesis 3.8 where are you? because they had hid themselves. And he continues to ask that question every day throughout the history of mankind. Where are you? Today's gospel is from Mark, and Mark might be one of the books that we neglect the most in the gospels. It's the oldest of the gospels, we believe. We don't, we don't know for sure, but we believe it's the oldest. That's what the church teaches. But the church chose to put Matthew first for discipleship, which is probably based on Mark. And then we have Luke, which is special to our women, because it, it, it shows how wonderful Mary is and how important the Theotokos is to us. And then we have John, which is often a special uh, book for anyone who enjoys the poetic uh, qualities of life and, and, and how well John crafted that. And it was written quite later. But we should not neglect Mark, the first gospel writer. And it's interesting that in the first gospel that was written, Mark chooses to remind us of God's question from Genesis 3.8. And in Mark 1.15, the very first thing we hear from Jesus is that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in this gospel. What does it mean that the kingdom of God is at hand? When something is at its hand, it is within our grasp, it is within our reach, but we have to reach for it. Maybe if we converted today's gospel into a word problem from math, it would help us understand. And we all remember word problems. 
such as a train is heading towards Chicago at 70 miles an hour and you're on the train walking towards the back at, at four miles an hour, how fast and so on. We understand word problems. But that's man's math. And man's math is always inadequate. And man's math was inadequate in today's gospel. Because if we converted today's gospel, what we would hear is, and this, is, this would make all of, my, of all of our math teachers scratch their heads, Jesus has seven loaves of bread and let's say three fish. And he needs to feed 4,000 people. How much does he have left? Seven baskets. It's a very confusing mathematic problem for man, but not from God. If you're still trying to figure out what math has to do with where are you, uh, we'll keep going. I fortunately was able to connect the two in my brain. We'll see how it works for you guys. But today's gospel opens with compassion from Jesus. He saw the multitudes, and you could even say he continues to see the multitudes and have compassion. And he acted on that compassion. And if we're not careful, we can look back at the fall, and we can look back at Adam and Eve hiding in shame, and we hear God say, where are you? And I wonder how we hear that voice in our heads. Do we hear a grumpy father who's angry at his children? Or do we hear compassion? Do we hear God say in Genesis, where are you? I want you with me. It's so much easier for us to hear the angrier God. So Jesus has compassion on the 4,000 and knows it will cause harm, unnecessary harm, if he sends them away. They won't even make it home. And the disciples say that we don't have enough food to feed these people. So Jesus asks another question. How many loaves do we have? And he takes the seven loaves and he does something that we're not good at doing when we're dealing with a math problem. He gives thanks. I never thanked God for math. I wasn't that bad at it, but it's just not something you do in math class. Oh, another word problem. Thank God. But he took the seven loaves and the fish and he, and he broke it and he gave thanks. When we do the math of life, we often leave out giving thanks. And God is knocking on our door saying, where are you? Why are you leaving me out? When we stare at our bank accounts and wonder at how the balance could be so small, God will knock on your door in that moment and say, where are you right now in this moment? Why do you despair and leave me out? When things aren't going the way we want at work or at home or with our friends or family, God will knock on our door in that very moment that we're the most upset about it and say, where are you right now in this moment? Why are you despairing? And why are you leaving me out? If we do the word problem and leave God out and we don't give thanks, we will despair. And like the disciples say, there is nothing we can do. We have a big math problem and there's nothing we can do about it. But that, in a way, they were right. There is nothing we can do about it. But they forgot where they were. They were in the presence of God. And they had already seen the feeding of the 5,000. And I think this happens to us all the time. We experience miracle after miracle after miracle, and then a hardship comes up and we go, but not this time. God can't fix this one. And yet he does. We might think we're doomed to, to fail, but if we face the math problem in our lives, 
the math of our lives with thanks and realize that the kingdom of God is within reach, even in our darkest moments of despair, God will use the seven loaves and the three fish in our life to feed the thousands around us. If we look around, according to some, and that, like I said, this is my third visit, some might say that this is so small it's almost not a church, that you only have seven loaves and three fishes. I think when we're doing that, we're trying to do man's math, and we're not giving thanks and responding with God's math. And in that moment of despair, in that moment of worry or anxiety of what this might look like, God is going to ask you, where are you right in this moment? Because with God, all things are possible. And when we go from not having enough sustenance, we go to an abundance. Not only did God provide enough for the 4,000, there was some left over. There was a lot left over. But today's gospel also comes with a warning so that we can always have God as our focus. It ends with that abundance. And in this story, Jesus and disciples get on a boat in the next passage with one loaf of bread. They started with seven. They leave behind the abundance and they go with one loaf. All that is extra, they leave it behind. And again, the disciples are worried about having food. And they don't understand some other passages that are saved for another homily. When God gives us abundance, we are tempted to hoard that abundance for future disaster. And as St. John Chrysostom said, the rich exist for the sake of the poor, and the poor exist for the salvation of the rich. When we hoard the abundance God gives us, it's amazing how it no longer becomes an abundance. When we have little or nothing and we despair, God knocks on our doors and says, where are you in this moment? And we have been given much and we think we have earned it and we deserve it and we hold on to it like we're going to have it in heaven after we leave here. God knocks on the door and says, where are you right in this moment? Are you with your treasures or are you with me? God is always concerned with right now. Where are we right now? And I would even say, I have to ask myself through this out the service, and you should ask yourself throughout the service, where are we right now? And it's a question that always brings us back to God. This morning, God is asking all of us, where are we right now? Have we given everything we have, whether small or great, every piece of our life to God and given thanks for it? And not only do we give it to God, we thank him for the little things that we have. How many people do we know that would see a crowd of hungry people look down at a tiny amount of food and say, thank God, and be sincere and not be sarcastic. It would be quite difficult. But how thankful was Jesus for that little that they had and how that gratitude with his presence multiplied and fed everyone. How many people do we know that would look at their monthly bills and say, I owe $4,000 and I only have about 10 or $20 when they look in their wallet. And they would sincerely thank God for that 10 or $20 that they have in their wallet. Instead of sarcastically saying, well, I'm not paying the bills this month. Because when we don't have enough, and yet we still give it to God, such as our tithe, our 10%, then he can multiply it and do God's math. But sometimes we like to hold on to it and say, I don't have enough to give to God. 
And then in that moment, you don't. Because that's how God's math works. Lastly, I would say, how many people do we know that look at all the sin that has commended in their life? All of the sin. Something that would probably take us quite an amount of time to ponder. And they'll look down in their heart at the repentance. And even if it's just a little bit. And it can seem so small and so inadequate, but we give it to God. And God does his math with our repentance. And he multiplies it to cover all of the sin that we have, we have committed. And then there is repentance left over. There's an abundance. And that's because God is better at math than we are. We need to remember that. Right before today's passage is a conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees. And Jesus says to the Pharisees, uh, who were complaining that Jesus and disciples weren't washing their hands, which I'm sure there's a lot of mothers that might prefer to leave that out, because they didn't wash their hands before they ate. And we all have to wash our hands before we eat, right? And so Jesus responds, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. But what if we changed a few of those words, just a small substitution, very temporary, and it read like this, for laying aside the math of God, you hold the math of men. We constantly do our calculations that it's not gonna work out. That that's because we're doing our own math and we haven't given thanks and we haven't given the math back to God. Are we not guilty, all of us, of holding close to us man's math? And do we not have an opportunity today, right now, in this moment, within our reach, the math of God? We must remember God's glory in Psalm 78, 24. It's quite interesting that it's written. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. So this week, you're going to be faced constantly with despair and trouble and hardship and struggle and things that aren't going so well. And in that moment, God's going to knock and say, where are you right now in this moment? And it is in that moment that we must remember that the kingdom of heaven is within reach and at hand. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.